This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday. Get trained up. War of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons, tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. Michael, I'm doing okay. How are you doing, my friend? And not too bad, thank you. I'm feeling a bit better this week. Still got a bit of a runny nose and a bit of a sore throat. It hangs about a bit. This this stuff, doesn't it? It hangs about. Those but things, I'm feeling a lot better. Those things can last for weeks. Let's pray for you right now. May we do that? Amen. Thank you. Okay, Father Yehovah, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for my brother here today. We plead the blood of Jesus over Brother Michael, his family, and we rebuke this virus or cold, flu, whatever it is. We command it to go in Jesus Christ's name and loose your body. We speak to your body. Be healed and made whole in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We thank you, Father God, for this. Strengthen him. Bless him as he brings the word today. We plead the blood of Jesus over you and all of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, my friend. And you're going away next Wednesday, are you? Won't be about next Wednesday. I'm going to be on the road next week. So are you? I... Where are you going? Anywhere nice? Well, um, to be determined. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm just. I'm on. I'm on a road trip by myself. Um, and uh, I'm going to make. I'm just going to tell you straight up. I'm going to make a run for America. Good. I have not been back in uh, nearly eight years and I've been putting it off but I'm going to try to get back because I've got to get a uh, a couple of documents done. i got to get a driver's license an ID. I've got to open up a check okay. account, pick up some some personal items, shut down a storage unit. i got so much to do which is just backed up from being overseas for eight years. Yes, um, yes. I was motivated to do it now because my mother called me and said uh, she's willing to come back here and see the children. She's never met our kids. Amen. She's got three grandkids here, uh, almost ages seven, five, and two. So I figure if I don't take my mom up on this offer while she's ready to do it, she won't travel alone. 
So I told her, I said, look, i got to get some stuff done. I just need to pull the trigger and come in. I'll get it done, and then you come back with me and uh, come back and visit us. So pray for us. Um, It's a last-minute decision, and uh, it's just going to be me. But um, I'm going back there to tie up some loose ends and hopefully uh, complete some things that have been long overdue and bring my mom back for a visit. So, uh, Well, let, let, let me pray for you now. Thank you. I appreciate that. Dear Lord God, we lift up Shannon and we pray, Lord, that he will make it to the United States and he'll shut down his storage unit. He'll open a checking account. He'll get a driver's license. He'll get all the paperwork he needs to do and he will finalise all outstanding things. And we pray his mum is in good health and we pray Lord that he will bring her back to Bali with him and we pray for journey mercies for the flight out and journey mercies for the flight back and we pray this will be a wonderful time and this when they come back to Bali Shannon's mum will be full of joy when she sees her grandchildren and she sees her daughter-in-law. And we pray this now in Jesus' name. Make it happen, Lord, as only you can. Amen. You know, just to tie up that, I have not left this island in four years. Uh, I had made my last trip in 2019. We went uh, over to another part of Indonesia, came back. I was going to go to America then, and then... Uh, COVID hit, and yes, yes, of course, we couldn't leave this island for almost three years, and so finally, all that lifted last summer. Uh, and uh, I figure, you know what? Now it's time to pull the trigger. So, folks, lift us up in prayer. Uh, Amen. And thank you for that. And with that, we're going to get started, uh, Brother Michael. The microphone is yours. Welcome back, my friend. Thank you. And I've got some people to pray for, and I'll pray for them at the end of the show. Excellent. One of my favorite biblical teachers is a man called R.C. Sproul. He's gone to be with the Lord now, fantastic teacher. And when he speaks, he never seems to get irate or upset. He speaks very calmly. And I was watching one of his teachings the other day on the internet and he made this claim he he believes most people in the world the majority of the people are going to hell and he believes most christians will go to hell because he said we cannot stay our future or our eternal life on just saying a simple prayer of repentance we have to change. And I listened to him teach, and it all made sense to me. And when people come to me and I ask them to give their life to Jesus, I don't just get them to say the sinner's prayer and then let them get on with their lives. I try and look after them. And the first scripture I've got for you, which I think this is true for all Christians, and I appeal to all Christians out there uh, that, I hope you haven't just said the sinner's prayer and continued with your life as it was before. Let's have a look at Romans 12, verses 1 to 3. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that 
good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is amongst you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Amen. You see, I I get a bit shocked sometimes. I remember a very nice-looking lady coming to church once, and she came into church, and she was a very nice lady, but she wasn't dressed in properly. She was dressed very properly. And I remember this man setting eyes on her in the church, and you could see his eyes were full of lust, and he made various signs which he thought no one could see. But I saw him. And I thought to myself, well, you've been baptized, you've given your life to the Lord. Why are you still lusting under women? I made uh, uh, I made uh, an allowance for him because he had lost his wife two years before with cancer. So I made an allowance to him. But what I've noticed about this man, that he, he still lusts after this woman. And when she comes into church, he wants to make conversation with her, and he wants to be very friendly with her. Now, when you consider if you've given your life to Jesus and you truly have become born again, you should be separated from those things you once did. You present your body to be a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God. And this is your reasonable service So it's a reasonable thing that God expects us to do. And it says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Our minds should be renewed gradually when we become born again. We shouldn't do the things. We shouldn't listen to coarse conversation, people telling rude and dirty jokes. We shouldn't smile at them. We should walk away. We shouldn't listen to anything blasphemous. If we're not going to stand up for the Lord, we should get ourselves away from this sort of conversation. Yes, we can watch sport. Of course we can. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have no alcohol. Of course, a glass of wine is fine. And you may go to a church where they serve full alcoholic uh, communion wine. Us in our church, we serve non-alcoholic communion wine. But there should be a change in you. And I thought to myself, what is it with people? Uh, Don't people realize the benefits of serving God, the wonderful benefits of serving God? And we find about those benefits in Psalm 103. Perhaps we should tell people that when they come to Jesus, the wonderful benefits of serving Jesus. So we're going to read Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5. Of course you know this scripture, it's very famous. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. 
wonderful promises from God. When we read the Lord's Prayer, these are all promises. So I say to people, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, you hear of these wonderful promises that the Lord has made for you. Wonderful promises. I'm going to go to 1 John 5, verses 13 and 14. Listen to this. The Bible is full of promises for the believer who becomes born again, who forsakes the world and turns to Jesus. If you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Saviour and you haven't forsaken the world and you still carry on as you did before, you lust after women, you have addictions, as we say, you speak badly, you swear, and this sort of thing, then you're going to go straight to hell on the judgment day because Jesus is going to say, I never knew you. So to anyone out there who's unsure of their future, I want to give you this teaching today and convince you of the wonderful benefits of serving Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 1 John 5, verses 13 and 14. These things I have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. I'll read 15 as well. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. So we are happy and we are joyous that we're born again. And when we shut our eyes for the last time, we will make it through the final judgment and we will be with the Lord forever. What a wonderful thing. And you know, Satan, because it always comes down to Satan, Satan will try his hardest to knock us off of the road that we're on and let us go on the wide road. Many, many years ago, I was woke up in the night and I had an out-of-body experience and I saw my body leave my bed and I floated up and I went into the utter darkness, the darkness, Jesus says, where there'll be much... Uh, whining and, you know, rubbing your teeth together, gnawing of your teeth and much sadness. And when you go to that place, and I went there, and I wasn't frightened at all because I knew Jesus was with me. I felt his presence behind me. But you could be in that place a million years and you wouldn't know any difference from five minutes. And I was like, floating crucified and i floated through this darkness and i was aware of millions of souls there but i couldn't see anybody and all of a sudden i floated towards a door and as the door opened bright light poured in through every crack in the door and i said to the lord what does that mean lord 
And the Lord said, try and enter through the narrow gate, for many will try and not succeed, for broad and wide is the road that leads to destruction. And talking about that chap who came to our church, who I believe lusted after a woman who came to the church, and the Bible says that if he acts like that, he's already committed adultery with her because he's looked at this woman lustfully. So he has to repent of that, and he has to understand that that's not the way to live because eternal life or the promise of eternal life doesn't give us a free pass to behave how we wish. We've got to behave well. Let's have a look at Romans 8, verse 35. This is a wonderful promise, one of the greatest promises in the Bible. Romans 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Who shall separate us from the love of God? If God be for you, then who can be against you? And we must remember that Satan will bring all these things against us because he wishes us to turn away from God. Let's have a look at 1 John 2, verses 15 to 17. This is what the Lord Jesus has told us. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Verse 17 says, And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So let's take it like this. If you have the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, you cannot accept, or it will not be yours, that promise made in Romans 8, 35, that who can separate us from the love of God? By our actions, we've already separated ourselves from the love of God. So this is serious stuff. It's real folly to... Believe because you've said a simple prayer, which we call the sinner's prayer, that you are guaranteed eternal life. Hallelujah. Now, if we keep on the narrow road, and all of us should want to keep on the narrow road, we know we're going to slip up occasionally. Things happen in life, even when we're born again. We can make the odd slip. That means we can maybe see something we shouldn't see and it will affect us in such a way. Perhaps we should listen to music we shouldn't listen to. Hallelujah. We should be careful in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. It is normal to doubt. Sometimes our salvation, especially if we're a new believer, 
However, you need not worry and don't allow doubt to gnaw at you because the promise of full salvation that has come from Jesus Christ by allowing him into our lives and our sins being forgiven. We must realize that if we keep on that narrow path and we keep to the commands of God through Jesus Christ our Lord, we are justified by faith. Let's have a look at Colossians 2, verses 13 and 14. And you, being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Verse 15 says, And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We should know that once we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, we are justified by faith. To be justified is to be made righteous. It means anything that was in the Lamb's Book of Life that was against us, that was written in there, is now rubbed out with a Holy Ghost eraser. It's rubbed out, and we are justified. We are assured of salvation. What do we have to do to be assured of salvation? We just change the way we live. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, I remember a man, and he told me this, he I believe he's still alive. He was a, a pastor and his mother was English and his father was a Muslim from Afghanistan and he lived in Birmingham in England and he worked in an engineering factory and he was a lathe turner. That means he worked on a big lathe and he turned out tools. He was a metal worker and there was a born again Christian working on the next lathe and he said to him, why don't you accept Jesus Christ? as your Lord and Saviour. He said he will transform your life. Things will be wonderful for you. And the man said, no, no, he smoked cigarettes, very strong cigarettes. And every night on the way home from work, he went to the pub before he went home, and he went there with his brother, who also worked in the same firm. And he said, the man said to him, you know, give your life to Jesus. And he wasn't prepared to do that. But the man kept on to him, the born-again believer. And one night he got on his knees at the end of his bed and he said the prayer that the man had told him to say. And he didn't think anything different at all. He didn't feel changed. He didn't feel renewed. He didn't feel anything. So the next day he went to work and... On the way home, he went to the pub with his brother. He ordered a pint of beer, and as he drank this beer, it tasted terrible. It tasted like it was fermented, like it was off. And he said to the bartender, he said, there's something terribly wrong with this beer. It tastes awful. 
the bartender tasted it and says nothing wrong with that at all he said it must be you anyway he tried to taste it again and it felt awful so he gave in and went home the next night he went to the pub again and he asked for a packet of cigarettes and at the time he smoked a cigarette called capstan full strength very strong cigarette when i used to smoke i tried to smoke them and they used to burn the back of your throat and he lit up this cigarette and he tasted awful and he said to the man something wrong with these cigarettes and the man said nothing wrong with them at all he said but they taste awful he said it must be you you can't be feeling very well and he went home and what god had done is took away his desire to smoke cigarettes took away his desire to drink alcohol and by the end of that week he was no longer a smoker no longer a drinker but because he'd lived in the world all those years he didn't realize that god was changing him it's a bit like me i used to use terrible profanities and swear words i don't even think of swearing at all now it used to be natural to me when I was in the world. Natural to me. When you work with men, they would tell dirty jokes. They would tell all things like that, funny stories. And I would listen to them all and they'd make me laugh. Now, these things don't make me laugh at all. I would never laugh at them. I would never take part in anything that other men would do. And you see... Once you give your life totally to Jesus, he changes you. Of course, the devil will do what he can to bring things against you. So you lose your way with the Lord. But God is good. God is good. God is wonderful. And that's what happened to this pastor. He was delivered. Another blessing is you enjoy God's unconditional love. We all know the scripture from John 3.16 that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and whoever so believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now when we think of God sitting on the throne in heaven and we think how magnificent and mighty and huge God is and we're so small and so needy we would think how could somebody like god who came in the form of jesus christ came in the form of perfection to the earth to save mankind how can he look at me a sinner and love me the wrong i've done in life why would people i've done that wrong to love me they wouldn't they would hate me and they would be bitter towards me but God has given me unconditional love. You see, it doesn't matter what situation we're, we're in. One thing is sure, that God loves us. He chooses us and he calls you his child. Whatever people or the enemy may promote in your mind, to the contrary, is just a lie. You must refute by trusting more in God and trusting less in the world. Let's have a look 
at Ephesians 1, hallelujah, verses 4 and 5. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us unto the adoption of the children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. So as we become blameless, as we try our best to become more holy, and we read the word of God instead of reading newspapers or magazines, we become holy, and he loves us, and he has predestined us to be adopted, and we are his children. The next thing, which is the promise of God, that we have new life in Christ. New life in Christ. You might not see this, but it's true that when you accept Jesus, you are a new creation and you have a new life in Christ. You might be 90 years of age when you give your life to Jesus, but you're like a newborn baby. And you have to grow and learn a lot about this new life that Jesus has given you. Have relationship with Jesus every day. Have relationship with him. Speak to him every day. I can't guarantee that he'll always speak to you, but speak to him every day. Hallelujah. Let's have a look at Second Corinthians 5. Verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. All things are become new. Hallelujah. You are no longer a sinner. You were born again. And as I said, you might be 90, but you are a new child of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's have a look at Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7. As you have therefore received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanks giving. Thank Jesus all the time for what he's done for you. Thank Jesus all the time for what he's done with you. I had some terrible dreams this week and in these dreams I had to fight three demons and it was vicious battle. One of the demons had fire like a flamethrower and he aimed it at me to send this fire against me. And I stood there and blew with all my white and the fire went back onto him. They couldn't kill me. Couldn't kill me. They was trying to kill me. Uh, I did some deliverance on Sunday afternoon with a woman who was so, so demonized. And when she saw me to lay hands on her, her eyes went as big as saucers. And there was bad breath coming out of her mouth. And I blew upon her, and she screamed terribly. 
and you could see there was terrible witchcraft spirits that were in her. And it was my mistake. I got um, very, very tired and I laid on the bed and fell asleep without praying. And in the early hours of the morning, these demons attacked me viciously. So I stood my ground against them and they backed off and I heard one demon say to another, don't worry, we'll attack his wife and attack his children. And I got up four o'clock in the morning and prayed to the Lord, bound the works of the devil, bound the works of the demons and prayed to the Lord. You see, if we open the door to Satan, he will come against us. Now, some people don't like prayer. I believe that when we pray, it's a privilege. And it's a privilege that we should really be thankful to God for. Unlike it when you're a non-believer, you're not going to pray. Even if you're invited to church for a wedding or a baptism, you don't pray. You may say the Lord's Prayer. And you don't talk to God as if he's a friend. Now you can talk to him as if he's a friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. That's what the song says. And we should remember that when we pray to the Lord, he is our friend and he wants to hear our prayer. The good thing about communication with your best friend, and your best friend is Jesus, he talks back and he answers your request. The answer might be instantly after you've made the prayer or it might take some time to filter through. It's also interesting that you can talk to God on virtually any subject. Nothing is too private, nothing is too sensitive or nothing is insignificant. We're told that in the book of Philippians, Philippians 4, verse 6. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made unto God. Verse 7, which is a wonderful scripture. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Be sure you pray, and you pray every day. Some people say the Lord's Prayer. There's nothing wrong with the Lord's Prayer. When you say the Lord's Prayer, you notice anything that we need in our life. Anything we're going to come against in our life is covered by the Lord's Prayer. Give us today our daily bread so we're not going to hunger. Forgive us our sins. If we have sinned willingly or unwillingly, we're asking God to forgive us. We're asking God to keep us from temptation. We're asking God to protect us from the evil one. Something else we need to know when we're born again. We have wonderful gold and silver and spiritual treasure in the word of God. Hallelujah. The word of God is magnificent. You know, everything you need in life, anything at all, you can go to the Bible and you can get answers. It is truly treasure. 
Hallelujah. There's hundreds of Bible versions out there. So you must choose carefully what you read. I read the King James Version of the Bible. Some people seem to have a problem with the King James because it's written parts of it in Shakespearean English. So they have problems saying yay and nay, etc., etc. I left school at 15 and I didn't have any qualifications at all in English, in grammar, in literature. But I learned through reading the Bible consistently. Read it as much as you can. Read it. In the church, we're going through the Bible. We're going to read the whole of the Bible. We've got to page 600 now. And it's took a number of months to do so because we don't just read it. We read a page and we analyze that page to see what the Lord is telling us. And we thank you for the word of God. Second Timothy 3, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Verse 17 says that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Let me read that again. That's wonderful. Verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now, if anyone ever comes to you and says he's a man of God or the Holy Spirit has told him this, the Holy Spirit has told him that, then if it's true what he's saying, you should be able to line it up with the scripture in the Old or the New Testament or the Psalms, the Proverbs or the book of Revelation. Don't just accept what people tell you once you're versed in the word. If you speak Hebrew and Greek, there is no big deal as the Bible was originally written in those languages, the Old Testament, Hebrew, and the New Testament in Greek. However, make sure you get the right translation. Hallelujah. Get the right biblical translation. Don't just accept what someone tells you. Some people are lazy. They tend to add a word here or take a word there as it suits their own diction. Make sure you read the word of God. The word of God is treasure. Hallelujah. I said before, we have a friend in God. We have a friend in Jesus as well. How do we know we have a friend in Jesus? Who would go to the cross and suffer such pain for us? We never knew Jesus, but he knew us. He knew us before he was born, and he knew the mess we'd get into in life. So we say now, thank you, Jesus, for being our friend. Thank you for never leaving us or forsaking us. Thank you for being beside us in the most testing and difficult times. Hallelujah. Let's have a look. Got some wonderful scriptures today. Colossians 1, verses 19 and 20. 
For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood on his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him, I say, whether they be things in the earth or things in heaven. Whatever bound, whatever is bound on earth is bound in heaven, and whatever is loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. Because Jesus has gone to be at the right hand of the Father, it doesn't mean that he's stopped loving us. He hears us all the time. We live according to his accountability and according to the responsibility we have as born-again believers. Jesus has given us back our dignity and our sense of belonging because he is our Lord and Saviour. Hallelujah. Vulnerability to temptation has kept many from accepting Jesus. I have a guy who's been ringing me for seven years and he won't go to church. He keeps saying that he's frightened of going to hell, but he keeps watching pornography addictively and that causes him to be aroused sexually and he commits the sin of masturbation. I keep speaking to him and he keeps making promises that he can't keep. He always falls into Satan's enticement. And really, sometimes I get annoyed with him because he rings me back and we end up speaking about things we spoke about seven years ago. Some people are helpless when confronted with sin. God has promised to give us a way out of sin. And it's our risk, our proper response should be that we take the free ticket God is offering. Because it's costing us nothing, but it cost our Lord and Saviour Jesus his life on the cross. His body was beaten, bruised, marred and disfigured for our sakes. And he has offered us this free gift of having our sins forgiven. And this man, sadly, I feel sorry for him, but he just doesn't try hard at all to get himself set free. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. I said to this man, instead of looking at pornography on your internet of the night, I said you can put on audio Bible. He says he, his sight's not very good and he can't read the Bible. I said you can put an audio Bible on the internet and you can listen to great men of God reading the word. But no, you want to give in to lust. You want to look at pornography all the time. 
I said, if you want to go to heaven, I said, you must stop this immediately. As you will run out of salvation for sin. Do it. Jesus will help us resist temptation. The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. And we will be forgiven. Another benefit, we will continue to receive forgiveness. We mess up. We mess up all the time. We mess up in our minds. We make wrong decisions. However, God's love will continue to be sufficient. And the cross is sufficient to give us the forgiveness which is assured as long as you own up. Don't hold back sins from the Lord. Every day I say an Anglican prayer, every day, I say this every day, especially when I take communion, I say, merciful Father, we have sinned against you and against our fellow man by thought, by word, by deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. And we are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past. Grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. I've been saying that ever since I first went into the Anglican Church many years ago. They say it, as they say, the Apostles' Creed every Sunday or wherever they take communion. We must be willing to repent. Don't make this mistake that I've heard people say before. I don't bother to repent because I don't have to repent. For Jesus has paid the price for me that my sins are forgiven. Yes, that's so, but we're testing God when we do that, if we don't repent. We should repent. We sin every day and we don't even realize we're sinning. But God knows our hearts. God sees what we think. God is omnipotent and omnipresent. God is magnificent. Let's have a look at 1 John 1, nine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'll read verse 10 because that's important. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. You know, I've heard people tell me that they don't commit any sins. They don't commit any sins. And I think to myself, that's a very strange thing to go and say. We're continuing with the benefits of being born again now. And this is number 10, that we should enjoy fellowship with other believers. Another thing I've been said, that people have said this to me time and time again, and it's Satan is behind it. You don't have to go to church to be saved. 
I've heard the people say that. I don't like church. Don't like church music. Don't like the atmosphere in church. Yes, some people have been chased away by church. They've received a bad response from other Christians when they've gone to church. I stand at the front, and as the service starts, my wife always stands at the door, and she asks people to come and take a seat of their choice. If she ever has to pop out, I make sure I go up to people and I shake their hand, I introduce myself, I ask them their first name, and I welcome them. You see, church has a responsibility to connect with others, to be friendly, to make people think they've come to somewhere special. Not because I'm special, or not because the rest of the congregation are special, but you're going to a place where the Holy Spirit dwells. And the Holy Spirit will teach anyone who comes about Jesus Christ our Lord. Being born again connects us to millions of believers across the world, Asia, Africa, North America, South America, Europe, Australasia. And we worship with them. The time frames are different in these nations and continents, so it's wonderful that right throughout 24 hours a day, God's getting all the glory. Jesus is getting all the glory. The Holy Spirit is getting all the glory. All the praise, the honor, the splendor, the majesty, the worship and the love. And we pray to all people. So in some fellowships, new believers are taught how to memorize certain scriptures. For God so loved the world. That seems to come like the Lord's Prayer comes without too much trouble. But it takes some time to learn these things. Let's have a look at Romans 1 verse 16. Hallelujah. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I'll read 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. We're encouraged to share with others. I think we should pray with others. We should meet people in other churches. One of the problems that has separated many Christians is the denominations that we belong to. We believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Trinity or the Trian God. That church down the road believes in Jesus only. Now, what it normally means is that all these people have read the Bible, but some people have come out with different ideas of what those scriptures actually say. So we should get together, and we should try and share 
why we believe what we believe and ask them why they believe what they believe. Not just be permanently apart from other believers. You see, God loves them too. Many people have different different views. Many people do. The Catholic Church, the Anglican Church, the Baptist Church, the Methodist Church, the Congregational Churches, the United Reformed Churches, of course the Pentecostal and the born-again believers. Many of us will have different views. If we say, well, we're not going to have anything to do with them because they don't speak in tongues, we're just being ignorant. Jesus wants all believers to come together. And I'm sure when we all come together in love, we will be out to iron out our differences. Over the internet, you can see terrible fights between different pastors in the church. There's been big rows on the internet over the over the question of homosexuality. I'm not going to say the names of the pastors. Famous, two famous black pastors in America have been locking horns over the question of homosexuality. The way to sort this out is to go into scripture. Scripture will tell the truth. First Philippians 1 verse 6 says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Don't let anything at all make you walk away from the church. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. Do not be afraid, do not be dismayed, but walk in faith and victory for the Lord your God is with you hallelujah hallelujah in the name of Jesus read the word of God read it all the time most of all we are thankful for God for redeeming our lives from destruction What would happen if we'd never met Jesus? What would happen if we had never met him? We certainly would be destroyed. We might have a life. We might buy a big house. We might have a great job and earn lots of money. But when we shut our eyes, instead of going to eternal peace, we end up going to eternal fire. Jesus Christ has stopped that because he's died for us. Let's have a look at Psalm 107, verse 13. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. Hallelujah. Now, I said at the start of the program I was going to pray for some people, and I hope you like that teaching today remember we must be born again and we must live a fruitful life if we're going to live with the lord forever i say hello to steve in south america he's been suffering from lyme's disease which causes terrible 
fatigue and tiredness. And I pray now, Steve, that you be delivered in the name of Jesus. We pray for God to heal you. We also pray for Benjamin in the USA, also suffering from Lyme's disease, which has brought on terrible arthritis. We pray for you to be healed. And we say this healing scripture over you from Second Kings 20. Thus saith the Lord, I have heard thy prayers, seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. We pray for mum and daughter Christiana, uh, Christina, forgive me, Christina and Ariana in Sydney, Australia. We pray that the Lord will bless you both and grant you his perfect peace. And I say this scripture from Second John 3, Beloved, I wish that thou mayest prosper and be in health as thy soul prospereth. Amen. We pray for Monica in London, the lady I took through deliverance on Sunday afternoon. We pray that all demons will leave you and lose you immediately and you will be released from all pain, from all distress and from all demons. We break every curse Every spell, every covenant, every potion, lotion, powder, dust, chant, incantation and prayer. And we pray you be delivered now. We pray for Victoria in North London. She's been going through deliverance. She came to me because she'd been to other churches and it never worked. And the Holy Spirit told me that a married man had made an advance against her in a church and she was quite shocked that I knew that and I said this man went away and cursed you because you didn't fall for his lust or his seductive ways and we pray for Victoria that she's completely delivered in the name of Jesus we pray Lord that you will loose them both and give them total deliverance and anyone else who is out there looking for deliverance, we pray. You will be set free today. For the Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil to the very depths of hell. And we rebuke, we bind, we cancel, we destroy, we cast down, cast out, and remove from all of God's people now every demon and every evil spirit as we cast down every imagination and tear down every stronghold today. And we pray, Father God in heaven, that you will bless God's people today. We also pray for the peace in Jerusalem, Lord. And we pray for all of God's people that they be safe and well. We pray that today in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. I hope you like the teaching today. And I look forward to be with you again soon. God Brother, truly bless you all in Jesus' name. Amen. That was a great message today, Brother Michael. What would you like to title it for the archive? Uh, are you truly with God? Excellent. Are you truly with God? Okay. Amen. Brother Michael, tell people how they can make contact with you and your ministry and how they can support your work. Thank you. Well, I pastor a church called Kilburn Christian Fellowship. 90 seconds. Keep going. It's number 
It's number two to four, Aldershot Road, Kilburn, London, NW67LG. We're there from Sunday from 11 to 1. Bible study on Thursday from 12 to 2. Prayer and intercession Friday evenings from 7 o'clock. If you wish to contact me for prayer, I am on WhatsApp. So if you ring me, it doesn't have to cost you anything. My number is 07469-235351. Ring me and I'll be happy to pray for you. If you want to support my ministry, there is a PayPal account on my email. And my email address is frame, F-R-A-M-E, coming, C-U-M-M-I-N-S, 123 at AOL.com. Amen. Brother Michael, um, how about our next date we pick back up on Wednesday, March 6th? That's wonderful. Okay. and I look um, forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. I'll send you a copy of today's program. One more time, your email address? My email address is framecummings123 at aol.com. Oh, I want to ask you something else. Uh, do you remember yes, the sir. date? Do you remember the date that Brother Joseph is coming in to do the uh, the meeting with you? Yes, the 9th, 10th, and the 11th of May, which is a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Okay, I just want to put that on the counter here. Perfect. My friend, we love you, and we'll talk to you real soon. Love you too. Have a wonderful time stateside. I'll be in and touch God with bless, you. And God WhatsApp. bless your mum. Thank you, sir. God bless right. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, we're going to get um, our next program. We're doing seven shows today. We're going to do three this morning. We did Elvis Newhart, and that was Michael Cummins. Coming up next, David Measures. Let me save this program. We'll be right back.